honorable patrons, outstanding students, ladies and gentlemen. This uh, get-together get uh, sure is a far cry from being down on the farm. I grew up on a little old poultry farm on the eastern shore of Maryland, Salisbury, where Saturdays and Sundays were just the same as any other day. Those hens didn't know the difference, and they just kept shelling out those eggs, and we had to keep picking them up and packing them and feeding them. They were hungry all seven days. And believe me, uh, in, in spite of all that work, it was a lot more pleasant than being up here on this podium. <laughs> a lot more pleasant shoveling the you-know-what. I think we ought to get one thing straight uh, early on, and that is uh, the rumors that I look like a chicken. Uh, now, you, you, you don't really think so, do you? Don't answer. <clears throat> I thought my big nose came from uh, my French ancestors, but after... Uh, 50, 60 years of association with chickens, uh, maybe it's environmental. Maybe that's what it is. Mine has been a great opportunity to afford a few people in their lifetime. I've had the opportunity to be a prime mover in building a company. And ours is certainly not a one-man company, as, as many people may suppose from, from the advertising that I'm involved in. The company is a re reflection of one man, uh, my father, who had the courage to quit a secure job when he was 35 years old and to start his own business. A man who did not borrow any money the first 40 years he was in business from 1920 to 1960, of which I was there 20 of those years, who built a foundation on solid rock without which a company cannot be successful. He was a great instructor without really knowing he was teaching. Um, and he was much more than a father. He was my best friend. I'm here, I suppose, because we took a commodity item, chickens, and put a brand name on it. Our family name, as it happened, we couldn't think of anything else. And because I'm the company spokesman in the advertising. <clears throat> We are what is known as an integrated brawler producing company, which means uh, sort of the cradle to the grave. Uh, we are into genetics, where we try to build a, a broader-breasted chicken with more white meat. We're involved heavily, of course, in nutrition and health of the chickens, egg production. It's about a million and a half hens laying eggs. Um, hatcheries, soybean processing plants to get the soybean meal, which constitutes 50, about 20% of the diet. Of course, the, the brawler grow out. Uh, feed mills, poultry processing plants, rendering, and a fleet to deliver the product to the markets. I came in 1939 with my dad. I was 19 years old. We had three people. He and I and one hired man. We have about 7,200 now. 
Our market extends from Norfolk, Virginia on the south to Boston on the north and as far west as Sunbury, Pennsylvania, where Mr. Wise has a marvelous company. We've had a few obstacles. When I was 28 years old, uh, typhoid fever wiped out our 12,000 breeder hens that we had at the time. We were just a hatchery at that, at that moment, not integrated at all. So we just converted all of our laying houses to broilers, put in 60,000 broilers, and made about 50,000 bucks where we lost $12,000 on the, on the hens. So you have, to, you have to be tenacious. The pastor said his greatest quality was tenacity. Last year, we increased production about 22%, which was 900,000 chickens a week or 90 trailer loads a week. Well, believe me, I know now how much is too many. What it cost was something else. And many people say, well, did you anticipate what was going to happen when you went home to work with your father in 1939? Well, all I anticipated was a lot of work. We didn't have any room for MBAs or anything, just guys that put out. Um, just more eggs and more shoveling of that protein, grow that corn. When you people graduate from college, you have a, a big decision you have to make. I think it's most important that you do what you love to do even if it's not what your major was. Maybe having the major uh, convinces you that's what you don't want to do and looking around. Because if you're doing what you don't like to do, four hours of work a day is drudgery. And if you love what you do, 16 hours a day is fun. And you should forget the starting salary. It's at the least latitude point that your income will ever be in your whole life. So a thousand or two thousand or three thousand dollars, even though you owe for your education, is nothing compared to doing what you love to do, finding the most successful company in your field, and attempt, even if you take the second best company, if you can find the right guy to work for it, to learn from, that's that's the way you're going to get good at what you do. And hope he's me. He'll teach you more. And you need to work harder than your peers, not just look around and see what does it take to keep, keep my job, because if you do that, you're a loser. Charles Wilson, the dynamic uh, president of General Electric, had only seven years of formal education. And he said that most people who fail to get what they wanted, uh, quote, don't want it badly enough to do the hard work. There just ain't no golden chariot that will take you there. So true. As far as what is success, I think uh, for a corporate leader, it's getting the right people. I think everybody would agree with that. Getting the right guy in the job. And um, I think that um, um, you need experience, you need aggressive risk takers, entrepreneurial type people. Uh, we try to hire people right out of school and teach them our way because we work harder than anybody else. And we find when we hire somebody else's people, it's usually a disaster. Uh, we feel the fit should lead. The seniority should not be uh, high on the order. And certainly 
an athletic coach uh, like Tom Landry knows that better than anybody. If we applied the principles of, to business that the great leaders in coaching apply, our companies would all be far more successful. We feel you have to have a company-wide commitment to quality. Uh, advertising helps, but a gifted product is much mightier than a gifted pen. We feel we have to have more scientists and research facilities for our people than anybody else. An ex-president of P&G said the success of a company's advertising, advertising is closely tied to the success of its product development activities. 80% of all newly advertised products are failures, not because of inadequate ad budgets, but because the advertiser assumed the consumer was an idiot. You first have to have something to sell, a product better than most, if advertising is to pay off in a substantial way. I'd like to leave you with my favorite quote. I tell our people that any time they have a problem, they can usually solve it or go a long way toward it by applying this advice of my favorite early American, a man who contributed in his way as much to young America's success as any man, our first Secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton, who said, men give me credit for some genius. All the genius I have lies in this. When I have a subject in hand, I study it profoundly. Day and night, it is before me. I explore it in all its bearings. My mind becomes pervaded with it. Then the effort which I have made is what people are pleased to call the fruit of genius. It is, it is only the fruit of labor and thought. It's been a pleasure, and thank you. I just have one quick question that's been keeping uh, residents of the metropolitan area awake nights. Is the boy on your Chicken Frank commercials, does he really look like that, or is that a makeup job? Well, that boy is from New Jersey. He's a little actor, five and a half years old. He's a bright, sharp kid that knew his lines better than I did. <laughs> and he, he's really a terrific young guy. Is that his nose? Are those his ears? Uh, no, that's job. not all his nose. His nose isn't that big. They wanted to make darn sure that they got the point across. Thank you very Thank much. You very much.